You're listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith, and this is edition number 16. Over the last few years, the importance of flexible or efficient modern technology has kind of risen up the agenda for many credit unions. And 2020 has seen this even more pronounced as the ability for all our credit unions to serve members effectively while staff are remote from members and each other. And it's all been given quite a severe test. Sometimes credit unions come to the conclusion that their strategy cannot be delivered with the constraints of their current core processing or accounting computer system. But replacing this component of business is daunting. Some compare it to major surgery, say it's expensive, painful and risky. Yet some would say it's still critical to survive. So what do you do? Todd Proulx is a consultant with the vast experience of core systems and replacement projects. And he's written a paper for CFCFE on how to approach this vital issue. The paper's called When It Hurts More to Stay Than Leave. Time for a new core system. And if you go on the CFCFE website, you can download that paper. Todd offers wise advice on what might drive a credit union to switch providers and how to conduct a robust procurement process and some of the key functionality that a solution needs to be able to support. There are many reasons that a credit union may come to this tipping point, and we're going to discuss some of those today. We have Ralph Swoboda and Todd Proulx. Many I know Ralph as an attorney. He's 45 years of experience in the USA and international credit union sector, having served as a president, chief exec of the Credit Union National Association, and also chairman of the management committee for ABCO in the United Kingdom, and later as head of international operations for the CUNY Mutual Group. I started out by asking Ralph, are credit unions under notice from their members to further modernise their computer operating systems? Oh, I think there's no question but that we are. Um, and uh, I think as Todd points out, and there's just overwhelming evidence. And this isn't just a thing in the States. It's the case in Britain. It's the case in Ireland. Modern consumers, especially even, even older consumers, really don't want to go into a branch. They want to deal with their mobile phone or their PC or, or, or at least... If it's not an app on the mobile phone, use the, mo the mobile phone to phone up the credit unit. And for that, you need much better IT than credit unions in Britain or Ireland, for that matter, have right now. Now, this is actually not a new thing. Back in the late 90s, uh, the Irish League spent millions of Irish punts on a failed attempt to bring in a new core system for credit unions here. Uh, Abco's CUA project uh, had a similar disastrous end. So it's not like credit unions haven't realized they need much better core IT. The mistake that has been made repeatedly in Britain and Ireland is thinking, well, we want to be able to compete with banks, so we want a bank platform. Well, credit unions aren't banks. They're, our balance sheets, our P&Ls are different structure. And so what happens is people try to bring in a bank system and then flounder because it doesn't really work for a credit union. Uh, the reality is that, uh, well, my own company, QFA, we undertook a fairly major effort with Todd's assistance, along with some um, 
Irish credit unions to identify a U.S. core provider that we might import. And we spent a huge amount of time looking at uh, two or three and just what changes would need to be made in a U.S. credit union platform to operate over here. And guess what? Fewer than you'd need making a British bank platform work for British credit unions. That's what it comes down to. There's a question comes out the back of this that I wanted to ask you today, and that was, given that, according to Todd's paper, hundreds of credit unions in the United States changing systems every year, but because of the hangover that we've got from failed events in Ireland and, and the UK, there is a little bit of toxicity about it. We don't want to touch that, or we'll just make do, or we'll put a sticking plaster on the one we've got and we'll manage. So we've got a problem, I'm wondering... I put it to you, that the credit union movements in both Ireland and the UK have got a resistance to getting involved in A, a new system, or B, some sort of collective arrangement with other credit unions. See, even even if we were to find the perfect provider of a credit union core system that could be brought in from the US or Canada or wherever, installed in Britain or Ireland, no matter who they are, they can only do so many conversions a year. So if you had 40 Irish credit unions, let's say, that wanted to go on this new platform, it'd probably take you four years to get them individually converted, or maybe two. But the point is, there's just not enough time. I mean, I think there's really kind of maybe two answers here, and actually they can work in parallel. One is that hopefully there will be some new systems coming into the British Irish credit union market to give the existing incumbents competition, which is great. I mean, as, as Todd points out, that's the big issue. There's just not enough competition uh, so that the existing providers aren't driven to do more than they do. And the other thing is that the systems aren't going to improve unless there's competition. So that's one pathway that hopefully will get underway. And there's real interest in doing that in, in Ireland. We halted this effort uh, ourselves in March, but we're plenty ready to crank it back up. But there's something else that can happen in parallel. And, and this is where, uh, in a way, coming late to the party is maybe an advantage because what's available now are plenty of solutions that will put, well, as one provider puts it, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. And this is a fintech provider out of Canada or BC who has a mobile internet banking pack that she's sold to credit unions and banks in Canada, the Caribbean, South America. It's snazzy and it's cool and it looks great on your mobile phone. It looks great on your PC, but it plugs into some creaky old banking system in the back, which the member doesn't see and doesn't need to see. So this is an alternative strategy, and I allude to it in the introduction to Todd's paper, that is becoming, even before you might consider switching cores, what you do is you go to the core you got and say, we insist that you allow us to plug other things into you. And the good news, Chris, is that the cores I know in Ireland and Britain are starting to think about doing this, and in some cases already have. Uh, right now, there are... Um, 40-ish Irish credit unions offering a current account through a company called PAYAC, 
we had uh, Seamus Newcomb, who's the CEO of PAC, has spoken at past CFCF conferences. And they connect to the two IT providers here. And in this offline system is where Ralph's current account is being kept. It's not on the credit union's core system. Seamus's company keeps track of Ralph's balances, can provide reports and deal with the uh, the bank uh, clearing system and so on. So for stuff that you really want to show the member that you are, you know, high tech, there are bolt-ons. And so that's the pathway. And the interesting thing is, this is a pathway that wouldn't have been there five years ago. Ralph, you're in contact with credit unions in Ireland and in the United Kingdom on a regular basis. You think there's an appetite or an enthusiasm for finding a new core system for credit unions? No, I think there is indeed an openness to uh, trying new things. I think this would have moved along quite a bit quicker, but for COVID. Uh, And because of COVID, the work on finding alternatives really kind of ground to a stop. Five, 10, 15 years ago, U.S. core systems allowed you to plug in all sorts of things. But things have reached the point now or the existing core systems in Britain and Ireland. There are things that will plug into them that didn't exist five, 10 years ago. For example, I mentioned the Payac current account. All it requires from the IT provider, the core provider, is the ability to handle two kinds of messages. One is Payac sends the core provider a message saying, how much money does Ralph have in his current account? And they send back 895 euro. So then Payac sends another message back, well, we just gave him an ATM withdrawal for 100, so subtract 100 from his balance. That's all it has to do using something called application programming interfaces. And APIs is, are the new buzzword. And there's some software that uses really modern APIs, but it turns out you can use kind of old-fashioned ones that the existing core providers can support and are, in fact, supporting. So I think the news is actually probably more optimistic now than it would have been five or 10 years ago. So Ralph, there's a kind of inevitability about the fact that people will change their credit union software system at some point during the next five or even 10 years. Which way do you think the majority of credit unions will go? Those that aren't so unhappy with their existing core that they don't want to go through the agony of a conversion. Because it is, it's an agony. And anybody think that thinks it's going to be different, it, it, it just, they haven't done it. But there will be some that will pursue that avenue as, as, as new providers come into these two markets. But there will be, for others, solutions to be found by bolting on some of the new fintech that's come along and that can work off a creaky old system like the one they've had for 20 years. Now, Todd Proulx is the owner of the F64 Business Services, which is uh, located in the suburbs of Minneapolis in the United States, where Todd advises on lending and computer software to credit unions and technology providers throughout the US. He's done a variety of jobs involving with credit unions, including the Vice President of Business Developments uh, for the Alabama Credit Union services organization, ACUSO, that delivers credit union-designed banking platforms to over 130 credit unions. Todd's also chair and supervisory committee and a board member of the Anoka Hennepin Credit Union. 
He spoke at the CFCFE conference last year in Manchester. And he got me asking all sorts of questions of him on that day. But the one question I started out by asking him for this session was, what about these modern members with their newfound needs? How do we begin to understand these needs? So we have to think differently about the strategy of how do we attract that member and then appeal to them in a delivery method that makes sense to them and how they're used to doing it. The other thing is, you know, they're used to quick response, right? They don't want to wait for anything. So the good thing about that is credit unions have been actually setting themselves up this for, for the years. COVID was actually, as much as it's a bad thing, it's been a horrible thing. And my father has COVID, so I can understand it. The interesting thing about credit unions is credit unions have been coming down this path for a number of years. They just didn't know they were going there. And it's kind of interesting how that's starting to come to fruition. You say at one point, providing a seamless transition across your delivery channels. What do you mean by that? So if you take a look at the statistics here in the United States, so first of all, the average uh, age of, of membership in the United States is about 47 years of age. Interesting enough, that's actually come down one year, right? So it's one year less than it used to be. So I found that intriguing. The other thing that I found intriguing is uh, I get to use my own family as a sort of a demographic study. I have daughters that range from, I think it's 23 years in age to 30. I can, I can ask them specific questions about financial institutions and services. And it used to be this. If we have to walk in and talk to somebody, we're not doing it. Okay. Um, so it was purely online. What's been so interesting here in the United States, as far as the demographic study goes, is they're now saying, I want to do the simple things. I want to enroll. I want to join online. But if I have a specific need or question that I feel is deeper or requires education, I really want to be able to talk to somebody. So people that say brick and mortar needs to go away, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I'm telling you that the the demographic that said we want to do everything online is now saying we want to do everything online unless it's something that we really don't understand and then we want to talk to somebody. But Chris, they're not saying they necessarily want to go into the branch. It might be a web chat because we've become very, very comfortable with web chats. But to be able to see somebody and have a dialogue and a conversation and, and know that they're hearing you and it's compelling, I think is, is huge in the Canadian space. So we're going to have some listeners to this podcast that are probably from credit unions that have had their software installed to run their credit union 20 years ago. Is that fit for purpose, do you think? Probably not. The, you know, the sad part is probably not. I like to say this, um, when people complain about the core technology they have, and, you know, in, in your country, there's probably, you know, two primaries or three primaries. I, I can tell you without a doubt that any of the softwares here in the United States that are becoming a little bit older, there was never any intention to not deliver the best products and services that they could. But unfortunately, they were built with an infrastructure that will not allow them to effectively and, and economically you know, from a cost standpoint, to do it effectively. So unfortunately, what we have is we have technology that was designed to deliver things in a certain method that's not keeping up with the pace of how we need to deliver things going forward. Unfortunately, I don't see that in the UK or Ireland. At the moment, you're going to have, again, listeners to this podcast that said, well, I've been with this same supplier that supplies our core system. He's updated it or she's updated this system every year. So our system's state-of-the-art. Isn't that got a little bit of that going on as well within the credit unions? But how many core systems can you choose from? I mean, I think a part of it is just a lack of choice. 
<laughs> That's a good if, you, if you don't have choice and you're not pushing your provider, then your provider can only deliver what they can deliver. And again, I, I don't say anything wrong about the current systems that are there. They're doing the best they can with what they have, but it's really, really hard to build a airplane while the airplane's in the air. At some point, you have to really look at what you have and say, you know, how do we reinvent this for the betterment of credit units? And to a certain extent, you can plug on add-ons. But when you plug on add-ons, again, you know, the duck in the water analogy, there's usually a lot more going on in the credit unit on the back end that makes it look seamless to the member, which is really good. But we have to kind of move beyond that if we really want to serve our members effectively. Do you think credit unions will catch up with that level of technology? Well, I think they have to. You know, I don't think they're going to have it. They're going to have a choice. Um, publish or perish in the old university world. But I think credit unions are going to have to adapt to this. I think the core systems are going to have to adapt or or new systems are have to, going, to, going to have to emerge. What about your observation of collaborations in North America in terms of, well, okay, maybe five or six medium-sized British credit unions or Irish credit unions could collaborate and then have some hitting power to get a better system in. What about that? Now, now you're going to get personal opinion versus what's maybe fact, okay? Uh, I totally, I mean, I, I take a look at what happened, you know, what kind of what went on there with card services, right? And the delivering of card services to the credit union system. There was a perfect example of how credit unions came together with collaboration, deliver something to the system that wasn't there before. And, and again, you know, I, I remember, I loved when I got to go there and speak in, in Manchester, it was awesome. And some people came up to us and said, yeah, but we don't have uh, IT specialists in our credit unions. We don't have a lot of things the U.S. has, but there's no reason why those can't be shared resources, right? In my opinion. Um, I think the CUSO model in Ireland and the UK in that area would be perfectly designed to deliver better IT to, to the market. It's going to take the right people and the right company back here and or wherever it may be, it might be someplace else, um, to have the vision and the courage to deliver it. Todd, what's that tipping point that you've observed where a credit union says, right, that's it, we've got to change? What do you think that tipping point is? Well, I, I tried to outline that a little bit in the paper. I mean, there's several things that kind of dictate to it, dictate to it. But you know, I, I sat on the board of directors of a credit union here in the United States, and uh, not considered a large credit union here, 225 million in asset. Um, and in fact, I think when I first got on the board, it was about 180 million in asset. Now, I did bring a unique perspective to the board that the board probably doesn't see in a lot of credit units. My life has been technology and credit units. I mean, I've done it you know, for 35 years. I said, and I kept real quiet, Chris, for a number of meetings. I would listen to things they would said. You know, I didn't want to interject a lot. I didn't want to seem too smart or too cocky. And, and, you know, you don't want to be in that position. But it didn't take long for me to bring something that I knew was going on in the industry and say, why isn't our credit going to do this? And, Chris, I kept getting the same answer over and over again. Our core system won't allow us to. Well, how about this product? Well, you can't connect it because our core system won't allow it. And then I think it was maybe a year in or maybe a little bit less. I finally said in a meeting, I said, guys, we can't let our core dictate our business strategy. Our business strategy has to dictate our core. So it's time for a change. And, and, and we got a lot of pushback from the board because we had a lot of really smart people on the board um, that worked in industry that had gone through horrible conversions. But I can tell you now that it's not. You know, That's what these people do for a living. They're very, very good at it. And so, you know, once we kind of got over that hurdle of we need to make the change, 
And then we followed the process. Again, you know, the pain of leaving was way less than the pain of staying. And since then, I, I'm so happy to say that the state of Minnesota has approved us to serve five counties that we never served before. And you know how we said we we're going to serve them, Chris? Not brick and mortar. Digital, right? We're going to deliver digital services because now we're in the position to really, really effectively do that. We have online banking, new account opening, lending. You can get a new account and a loan together in probably six minutes, right? Without ever walking into the credit unit. We just add video chat because most of our branches are closed because of COVID. You can jump on our home banking. You can click a button. You can actually be talking to a person live. You know, so we've, we've adapted those things to say, how do we deliver this stuff? But we couldn't have done it with the old core technology that we have. We had to make that change. So we took the leap, spent the money. Todd, I'm going to put you on the spot now. So, all right, I'm a paranoid chief exec and I've come to the end of my tether. What do I do next? What's what shouldn't I do next, and what should I do next in terms of core systems? That's a that's a really really good question, Chris. So you know, I think there's some positive steps that have been taken. I can you know relate to at least we have we have some people you know you know like like Ralph's group over there that have identified that there are some needs there, and I think it's going to take a handful of executives. Uh, at a very high level um, in some of the more progressive credit unions to say the pain of staying is more than the pain of leaving. And how do we come together as a group and make that appealing and attractive to the right provider and then build an infrastructure within the country that can support it? I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it's absolutely doable and I absolutely believe that it should be done. Well, go on then. You must finish off by telling us what should they not do next? There must be some classic pitfalls. I think there are. I think you can kind of look at what's happened there where some people have come in from some very large providers. I think there was a really good example of some uh, money that was spent in the UK, you know, on a Pfizer project where Pfizer tried to bring in a banking system and tried to take a square peg and a round hole and make the two work. And it didn't. The problem with that, I don't think it was driven by the credit unions. I don't think it was credit union focused. I think it was profit focused. So I, you know, I, I think the pitfalls are two things: doing nothing, right? Because it's easy. That's the easy one. Let's just not do anything. Uh, or number two, switching from one current system that's there to another current system that's there without an expectation of what the new delivery is going to look like and how much better it could be. And again, Chris, this is not going. It's not easy. I know, I know you're not saying that for a minute, but it's easy. No, but you know, this is where we came in when we started talking and that is, but believe me, you've fallen in these holes. You've seen other credit unions that's fallen into these pits and you've seen some that have maneuvered around those pits really well. We've got to learn something from people that went before us on this one. I, I absolutely agree that the UK has done as far as security around those is well advanced to what's going on here in the United States. I think the pieces are lining up. Now, if we can find the right credit units and the right partners, I think it's doable. I really do. Todd Pruel, thanks very much for being there for us today. And it's a big thank you to Ralph Swoboda too. And just to remind you, you can access that paper that Todd wrote on the CFCFE website. Remember, it's called When It Hurts More to Stay Than to Leave, Time for a New Core System. 
Thanks for listening in today. And if you wish to leave any feedback, please contact smithowls at gmail.com. That's smithowls, all one word, at gmail.com. You've been listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith. Bye now.